0: I still
1: want you. Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season three, episode 20 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Do Not Go Gentle. And this, it did not go gentle this episode. But let me tell you, I, by sheer power of will, kept all in the alive. You did not want to believe he was going to die. I was like, no, that's not what's going to happen today. I had to muster up some tears for the listeners because we started watching and I wasn't crying. And Stephanie said, well, I don't think he's really dead because you would be crying. And I said, okay, I got to get some tears. And she said, okay, uh, I understand what I must do. Like the Vampire Diaries often does, they kept it going for long enough that it's like, okay, this is too long to be a fake out. Because I was like, look, until I see him die, he didn't die. And then we seemingly saw him die. And I was like, fuck, because <laughs> I, I can hold on to a lot in a TV show if I don't want someone dead. Yeah. And I was watching that. And I was like, OK, it's getting harder. It's getting harder. Because yeah, when it first happens, it's like he goes into the mausoleum and he locks himself in. It's like, OK, well, we didn't really see him die. I said, no, that that's not it. And then we go spend some time with him in the mausoleum. And it's like, wait a second. They wouldn't bring us in here if he doesn't die. It's like, hey, uh, Meredith, you want to come in bleeding or something real quick? That's what I was counting on. Well, for a second, too, when Damon gave him the bourbon, you're like, oh, he put blood in this bourbon. I was like, he put blood in the bourbon. Like, that's a good theory. I thought he would have done it, but no. But no. But it works out. Uh, Well, for now, as always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. Alaric finds an unexpected ally to guide him on his dangerous new path while Damon and Meredith try to figure out what their next move should be. At the school's 1920s decade dance, Bonnie asks Jamie to go with her. And at Caroline's suggestion, Elena asks Stefan to be her date. Caroline is pleasantly surprised when Tyler shows up at the dance, determined to sweep her off her feet. But Klaus does his best to come between them. The dance takes a deadly turn when Damon and Stefan realizes they need the help of Matt, Jeremy, and especially Bonnie to undo a spell that could prove devastating for everyone. Of course, it's especially Bonnie when it's a spell. Who else can undo a spell? Y'all know one witch. It's the only witch and she's getting tired. She's exhausted. You got to find another one. Give her a day off. I'm begging you, please. We open the episode at the Michelson house. Klaus is painting, as he's known to do. And he does not seem to be in a good mood because there is a lot of black oil paint on that canvas. Very depressing painting from Mr. Klaus. Rebester enters that's Esther and Rebecca's body (laughs) and Klaus says hey what took you so long she says well Alaric didn't want to hand over the stake but luckily I'm quite the charmer and she holds it up now Klaus should his alarm bell should go off he'd be like you're not known for that (laughs) he's like how did you charm someone. He's too hot for you to charm without being in love with him right now. Like, yeah, I believe that you beat him up. I believe that you tortured him. But I do not believe you charmed that steak away from him. Maybe he assumes she's saying it kind of like tongue in cheek. Like, yeah, I think so. Like I charmed him with my fist. Yeah. And Klaus says, oh, that's it. And Rebester says, yep, this is the last of the white oak steaks that can kill us. Do you want to do the honors or shall I? Klaus grabs it and pretty quickly tosses it in the fire. And she says, well, that's that. How convenient. And he says, pack your bags, we're leaving. She says, today? And he says, well, there's nothing keeping us here. We're going to grab the doppelganger and leave by sunset. I love that every time he's like, I'm going to leave. It's like, Klaus, do you think they're just going to let you take Elena with you? Yeah, you think everyone's going to be cool with that? He's like, not even a little bit worried. Like, yeah, you could probably get a little bit away from them with her, but they'll hunt you down for her if you've learned yeah, nothing else. Exactly. And Rebester says, But tonight's the decade dance. I'm the head of the dance committee. And you got to give it to Esther. She's giving a very convincing performance as Rebecca because Esther really does want them to stay. But she knows that Rebecca would really care about this dance. Yeah, Rebecca would want to stay for the dance rather than any other reason. And she's like, I just want to stay. So I'll use whatever excuse. Klaus says, I'm not going to any dance. And Rebester says, Caroline will be there. (laughs) And he says, well, I don't care about that. He says, that means nothing to me. Yeah. OK. Yeah. We'll see when you when you get to the dance, if you keep that going. Yeah. She says, please, I have big plans for tonight. Go for me. And he says, OK, fine. One last hurrah. And she says, yes, one last hurrah indeed. Yeah, Like in the most honest way, like, yes, a hurrah for Nick. us. And he's like, are you OK? Be honest. Are you my mom? Get out of there. Leave Rebecca back alone. Then we go over to the Salvatore house and Damon calls Rick. We see Rick in a location with a window, but it's ambiguous at first. Mm-hmm. And Damon says, hey, where have you been? I've been calling you all day. And Rick says, I'm so sorry. I just needed to get my head together. Now, red flag number one. Yeah. When has Rick ever been concerned about getting his head together? Not a single time. Damon, we should say is like, hey, you want to go get a drink really quick? And if he says, ah, no, and it's like, well, that's not him. He's a liar. Damon says, I take it Rebecca got the steak. And Rick says, I don't know. I woke up alone and there's no sign of it. So I'm guessing she did. And Damon says, well, what now? And Rick says, I just think I need to get out of town, get secluded. I keep blacking out. So I'm a threat. And this is another red flag because like real Alaric knows that if he were to leave town, the violence isn't going to stop. He's just going to be killing strangers, which Alaric doesn't want to do. Yeah. If you're blacking out all the time, don't you think you should have someone like watching out for you a little bit, not just letting you go to whatever city you feel like going to. Yeah, he would ask to be locked in the dungeon again. Exactly. Or jail. Damon says, now is not the best time for a spirit quest. And Rick says, oh, it's just a couple days. I'm stocked up on herbs, so I should be fine. Gotta go. And he hangs up. And Damon's like, mm, that's suspicious. Rebester enters and says, you are such a cunning liar. He wasn't. <laughs> uh, no. Rick says Damon is too arrogant to think his only friend would betray him. No, Damon is too insecure to think that Rick refers to him as a friend. Literally. Again, a poor read by Esther. She does not get it. Yeah, and she's been watching for a thousand years and she can't connect these dots. Rebester says just as Niklaus would blindly accept an invite from his sister, unaware he's headed to his death. Well, of course he would accept an invite from his sister. He likes his sister the best out of any of his family. But also, he didn't accept it blindly. And also, we cannot dismiss the Caroline of it all. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think Caroline being there is a bigger selling point. And really, at this point, like, he said he'd go, but it's not like it doesn't seem like a sure thing either. Yeah, exactly. Robester's holding a dagger, and Rick says, Did you give him the steak? And she was like, Yeah, he burned it without hesitation. Rick says, okay, so where's the real one? And Rebester says, you'll get it when you, it can no longer be used against me in this temporary body. Good idea. Yeah. They open a coffin and Esther's body is hanging out there. Now, if I were Klaus, I would burn my mother's body the last time she died, but who am I? But then what would have happened to Rebecca's soul? I guess we'll never know. But yeah, if if Klaus was smart, he would have burned her already. Yeah. And he should at the end of this episode as well. Yes. <laughs> Rick asks how she's going to return to her true form. And she says, with a little magic and some help from a vampire hunter. Girl, that was so vague, it barely even answered the question. <laughs> yeah, when she hands him the dagger, it's like, so which one is he supposed to stab? Yeah. Like, I was like, I don't, that wasn't clear. He's like, you're going to have to give me a little bit more direction. Yeah. Um. So he daggers Rebecca, and then Esther wakes up. Boo. Then we go over to the gym. The dance is getting set up, and Caroline and Elena are catching up. Caroline says, what's so bad about Rick wanting to pull himself together? And Elena says, I just wish there was something I could do. And she says, where should I hang this chandelier? And Caroline says, if Rebecca wanted to hang this monstrosity, she should have shown up to do it herself. No. Poor Rebecca. She built a whole chandelier and she doesn't even get to go to the dance. She has the whole concept. She doesn't get to decorate it. She doesn't get to go. I feel so bad for her. The world does not want her going to a dance. Pisses me off. She better get to go to prom. I swear to fucking God. I'm like so serious. Caroline says, what are you doing to Matt and Jeremy who are hanging stars from the ceiling? She says, you can't just hang them. They're supposed to trickle down. And they like kind of laugh at her. And she says, oh, look, they're being so romancy She's like, I don't know why I have to explain that to you. Don't they want it to look nice? <laughs> Elena says, yeah, I asked Matt to help Jeremy readjust. He got him his old job back at the grill. And Caroline says, that was nice of him as if she's very suspicious. Yeah. And Elena promptly ignores that. She says, well, you know, Jeremy's got a lot on his mind. The whole Vic thing has him stressed. And Caroline says, yeah, I'm sure I had nothing to do with him witnessing you and Damon getting hot and heavy at a skeevy motel. And Elena says, OK, um, I didn't tell you that to torture me with it. And Caroline's like, well, I don't really know what you expected me to do with that information. This is a pretty for the course, reaction by me. Yeah. And then Caroline says, So who are you bringing to the dance? And Elena says, I thought you and Bonnie and me were all going as girl dates. And Caroline's like, uh, me and Bonnie have dates. Caroline says, well, Bonnie has a date. You know, Jamie called and wanted to see her. So she asked him. Caroline obviously is going with Tyler because he's back in town. And Caroline says, hey, uh, here's a thought. Why don't you ask Stefan? Because if Caroline is one thing, she's a Stelena shipper. <laughs> she is a Stelena girl. And she's been in the trenches this season. <laughs> <laughs> she's been trying. She's been reaching down. She's been reaching up for Elena, being like, come on in the Stelena trenches with me. And Elena just keeps on walking by. Yeah, up in Delena world. And Elena says, I can't just ask him on a date. I just made out with his brother. And Caroline says, that's all the more reason to ask him. You're supposed to be figuring out what you want. That's what Stefan wanted you to do. And you know what? I've watched The Bachelor. It is fair. It's Stefan's turn. And you know what? She's right. Both of them said to Elena that they wanted her to figure it out. I'm sorry, but that might entail kissing both of them. Yeah. In fact, it should entail kissing both of them. Yeah. Elena says, yeah, okay. And you're not biased. And Caroline says, I'm sorry, but Stefan is your epic love. And I'm not going down without a fight. That's Stelena fans living in their delusion. Because, you know, you can say a lot about Stefan and Elena. I think they have a very nice relationship. Mm -hmm. Epic, it is not. Well, I would love to have that conversation. I'm going to look up the dictionary definition of epic. I'll say off the top, my read with epic is that drama is involved in some way. Sure. Against all odds situation. Sure. Let's see what Webster's has to say. Well, first of all, there's like the genre of epic poems. Obviously, we're not talking about that. As an adjective, which is how it's being used here. Heroic or grand in scale or character. Mm -hmm. You can't say their relationship has not been grand and heroic. Yeah. Grand. You have to give it. Grand and I'll give you heroic. Heroic. And also, the informal version of epic is particularly impressive or remarkable. And the sentence they use as an example is the gig last night was epic. See, and here's, uh, I think, what was it, particularly something remarkable? Impressive or remarkable. Now, particularly impressive or remarkable, I think is what sets it beyond Stefan. I think that's when we get into Delana territory. I do think it is grand, but not necessarily remarkable long term. Although, to be fair, Again, I'm not a Stellana girl. I'm a Stefan girl, but I do not ship Stellana. Mm-hmm. I do ship Delana, but I'm trying to bring in the Stelena headspace. The s- you're trying to give the Stelena fans someone in the room with me. Yeah, I'm trying to speak for Stelena fans because boy, do they need it. They've been in the trenches this season. I will argue that the downsides we see of Stefan and Elena's relationship are mostly a result of us just having it longer, having seen it more. Mm-hmm. We haven't actually seen the reality of a Delaina relationship that may end up looking similar to a Stelena relationship. We just have the will-they-won't-they they moments, which if you'll remember in the beginning of season one of The Vampire Diaries, were are just as satisfying from Stefan, but we're just used to them now. Yeah, I do think there's like a level of epicness with Stefan and Elena. I think because it changed who Elena was at yes. her core. It stirred the show, but I think the difference here is that Stefan and Elena, what really shifted in their lives came from like opening up this whole supernatural world. Whereas I feel like beyond that into like, uh, like just the relationship core, Delena is pushing Elena and Damon into their own different fields. Whereas I think Stelena is much more like being who they are hunkering down through the hard parts. That's my read at the moment. I agree with that. My main argument about Selena versus Delena is not one I can present at this time because it involves a spoiler. So guess you lost. <laughs> no, I like I said, I'm a Delena shipper. Yeah. I do think Damon and Elena ending up together is correct because again, I think Stefan and Elena are really good for each other, but I don't think they're the best for each other. I think Stefan and Elena both are very I've said this before, both very similar, focused on being like pure hearted and good people. And I think for that to be in a couple, it just be like, there's a point where you can't grow anymore together because you both are like on the exact same path all the yes. time. I exactly. just think that's not an ideal relationship in many ways. Yeah, I do think the beginning I can understand fits into epic and it feels epic at the time, but I think a lot yes. has changed since Delena began. I do think we get to a point where they've outgrown each other or where they've chosen where they're going to grow and it's not the same directions. I'm guessing they'll come to this same conclusion in whatever breakup we may or may not see Mm. is just my assumption because I do think they're both seeing like they've both changed a lot especially over the course of this season and at some point you have to face whether you're the right person for each other anymore. Yeah, I mean, also, to be fair, when Elena, you know, signed up, obviously, she didn't sign up. It's a relationship. Mm -hmm. But when she signed up for this relationship with Stefan, there was a lot she didn't know. She met Stefan when he was like, really, like, in a good period with blood. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot more involved in being in a relationship with Stefan now and for most of his life than there was when she met him. Same as Mm -hmm. there is with Elena. Like, their relationship was very simple in season one. And has had to grow into complexity. Yeah. Yeah. Without hardship, it might have continued to be beautiful. But unfortunately, they're encountering some hardships. Yeah, just a few. Uh, (laughs) And on the other hand, like she's never had to see like a facade of Damon. Mm -hmm. If anything, she's seen the worst parts first. Yes. So and that flip is important when you think about how you fall in love with someone. Whereas I think for Stefan, it seemed perfect and kind of came crumbling down in different ways, not necessarily crumbling down, but it definitely. No. Yeah, I guess not crumbling. It was It was like detonated. <laughs> yeah, she had to put those bomb fragments back together. Because again. he did, let us never forget, try to drive her off the bridge where her parents died, which I would argue was worse than killing her brother. No, if her brother came back to life. No, I would argue that. Killing her brother is worse because she has to live with the repercussions of that. If she's dead, she doesn't have to live with the grief. She's hanging out in heaven. But we can make whatever argument we want to make. We're (laughs) not going to get into that. (laughs) So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Stefan gets a call from Elena. He's been on the phone a lot the last few episodes. I don't think it's significant. I just think it's funny. (laughs) Elena asks if he has a second. And he says, hell yeah, I've got all the time in the world. Yeah, he says, is everything okay? And she says, yeah, yeah, yeah. She says, so Caroline and I were talking about going to the dance and I know where we're at and it would be stupid to think that we could go back to how things were, but I'm going to the dance and I'd like to go with you. And he says, well, I would love that. Stefan is like, well, I just got butterflies, girl. Count me in. Yeah. And she says, great. Bye. They hang up and they smile. And then because Damon can't like, leave anything be, he enters, like he says, "Gardenia corsage, me thinks. <laughs> and then he says, put it on her wrist, obviously, she so you don't stab her in the chest and want to drink her blood. And then he leaves. It's like, OK, well, he could stab her in the wrist, too. <laughs> yeah, Stefan was very mature when you were out making out with her. So can you calm down? Although uh, I'll say love the idea of a gardenia corsage. That is taste. He was thinking of that if she were to ask him to the dance, which she didn't. But then he so kindly just gave that right to Stefan. Well, I wouldn't say kindly. He could have just as easily said, Get her a Gerber daisy corsage. Well, Stefan wouldn't have done that. Then we go over to the hospital. Meredith's walking down the hall. There's whispers, whispers. It goes, Meredith, Meredith. And then Damon sneaks up on her. So it was Damon just messing with her. She says, that is not funny. And he says, it kind of is. He says, it certainly is. So jot that down. And then he says, I'm here to ask for some medical advice for our friend, Alaric. Remember him? He's six foot two and he tried to murder you. And she's like, okay. She says, how is he? Are the herbs working? Like, what's the deal? And Damon says, well, I don't know if they can work if he doesn't take them. And he found a jar full of herbs and says, I found these in the loft untouched. I'm obsessed with Evil Lark being like, I'm going to disappear for a couple of days and just didn't even take the herbs with him. I guess he probably thought he was tricky enough that he was like, they're not going to check. Twas hubris. It's the same as when Evil Lark tried to kill Meredith and tried to lie about it, but he left a bloody knife on the ground. Amateur hour. He just thinks he's too smart uh, for anyone to catch him. Yeah. True psychopaths, killer vibes. Well, and he thinks he's charming enough that he can talk his way out of it. The funniest thing about it, I think, is it's like suspicious that he's charming, though, because normal Lurik isn't that charming. Yeah. So it really backfires on him. Evil Lurk really doesn't understand the character of Lurk. <laughs> so then we go over to the Salvatore mausoleum. Rick and Esther are walking up. Rick asks why they're here. And Esther says, long ago, this is where my son tore my heart out and the violence of my death marked this ground for all time. So it's got extra power because she died here. Uh, They go into the mausoleum and there's a chalice. And she says, okay, give me your ring. He says, why would I give you the one thing that protects me from death? And she says, I'll give you protection, dude. But the stake that we have is gonna burn up in the body of its first victim if we try to kill someone. And if you're going to want to kill all my children, as we both agree you want to, I'm going to need to bind the protective magic in your ring to the stake, rendering the white oak indestructible. Sure. (laughs) Like, okay, I get this, but I was never going to guess. Let's put the Gilbert ring on the white oak stake. (laughs) Like I was never going to get that. That's what's funny about the vampire diaries is really, you usually just have to mix up significant things and make them make enough sense. Like yeah. this, like the logic, you hear it and you're like, fine, that tracks enough. Like, I get that. I was never going to guess that, but sure, I believe that. I could be convinced. Yeah, sure, I'll take it. <laughs> and so Rick takes off his ring. She puts it in the chalice. She does a little spell. There's a fire. Esther stirs the melted ring with her steak and the metal, like, coats it. And she says, There, the ultimate weapon for the ultimate hunter. And my thing, and I know this isn't the case because you would think Esther would have thought about this, but we have to assume the ring is silver and it coats the stake in silver. And we know that the reason the dagger doesn't work on Klaus is because it has silver in it and that heals werewolves. I think this is a good point to bring up. I was looking closely at the stake when you said that so that I could try to find a way to logically debunk it, given what we know. It looks like the metal coats all of the stake, but the tip. Yeah, it didn't seem to go all the way down. So I think the idea is that the tip of it is enough to kill them and the silver protects it from burning. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But it was like a question. I was like, hey, as with any supernatural show or any TV show, really, the longer you get into it, the more you're going to find some continuity errors. And some of them are like, mm, that's not the hill I'm going to die on. Because I do think there's enough wood on the base I don't think we're that close to Klaus being killed anyway. Well, yeah, and it remains to be seen if it even is ever used to kill someone. So we may not even have to worry about that. Yeah, it may be irrelevant. It may (laughs) be like time to kill Klaus. And then he's like, there's silver on this, you fucking idiot. And she's like, oh, my God, how did I not think of that? She's like, I totally forgot you're a hybrid. (laughs) Then we go over to the Gilbert house. Elena is getting ready in her little 20s look. She answers the door and it's Stefan. She says he looks dapper. He says she looks beautiful. He got her a corsage, which he does pin on her chest. Really stick it right to Damon there, huh, bud? They share a look. They're obviously, like, flirty. I think they're both excited, too, that they're like, oh, look how simple. We're going to a dance again. Like, isn't it nice before everything got hurt? I think that's also part of the relationship is, like, holding on to the simpler times. Yes. Even though they've never been to a decade dance that has been, like, relaxing and fun. Yeah. So I don't know why they think this. But they used to be simpler than this. Remember the first decade dance when all it was was like Noah and Anna? Simple times. That was easy. Even Elena beat Noah. Elena literally stabbed him with a pencil then. And Stefan says, you know, given our dangerous dance karma, are you sure you're up for this? And she says, you know, getting out of bed is dangerous these days. She's like, what am I going to fucking do? Yeah. Yeah. She says, but we have to live our lives. And he says, oh, who gave you that horrible advice? And she says, some guy I used to date. They smile and they go. It's pretty cute. You got to admit it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, you know, by the end of this episode, I was like, oh, there are good things about Stellina. But at this point, I was like, oh, my God, I'm done with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. I <laughs> had it. I thought we were past this. Grow up. <laughs> then we go over to the decade dance. A little
0: body never killed.
1: They are playing period accurate 20s music. I know Rebecca spent so long curating this shit playlist. She's I, not even here. I know there's some little sluts on the dance floor, me being one of them that's like, this music fucking sucks. Yeah, it's like, where the fuck is the.
0: A little body never killed nobody.
1: Yeah, I'd be like, no, someone play what makes you beautiful. I'm going to scream. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> serious. Uh, they're all Charlestoning and whatever. They do in the 20s. I don't know. Yeah. jiving. a little party never killed nobody. A little
0: party never killed nobody.
1: Uh, We see Jamie and Bonnie dancing and then we see Caroline approach Matt and she tells him that he's awesome and he says, yeah, I'm one of the good ones. No, you aren't. I am obsessed with him choosing Newsy as his look. Yeah. Everyone else went like 20s gangster and he said, no, Newsy. Jamie kind of went Newsy, too. Well, no, I, he had a sweater vest. I did not even pay attention to what Jamie was wearing, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, you were so sure he was I going he to to So I was like, why am I going to even look at what he's wearing? He's about to die. I'll see him in his death scene. Little yeah. did you know Alaric was going to get the death scene. Yeah, who fucking knew? <laughs> no one is safe. Matt asks Caroline why she's complimenting him, what she wants, and she says, okay, I know you and Elena have been getting closer lately, And I just want to let you know, like remind you that one way or the other, she's pretty much spoken for, which is totally damning to be like, look, whether she chooses Stefan or his brother remains to be seen. But she's not picking you. Yeah, she's like, look, you're third in line behind two people who are far ahead of you. Yeah, you are a distant third. And she's like, I just feel like we all need to be on that page. She's like, (laughs) I feel like I need to lay this out. Make sure you're okay. He says, she's my friend. I'm just looking out for her. And Caroline says, and I'm just looking out for you because sometimes the people who love her get caught in the crossfire. And she's like, and me, I'm immortal. So I don't give a fuck. So it won't be me, but I fear it will be you. But I, I fear you're in trouble. And then Tyler arrives. He looks like he's about to go demolish a family-owned ice cream parlor. He's wearing all black. In the sexiest possible way. For some reason, <laughs> that fedora is working for me. It's not my favorite Tyler look. <laughs> At this point in the episode, I was like, he's dressed the hottest tonight and he does get beat out later. By who? I'll tell you when. It's Jeremy. It's Jeremy. Um, (laughs) Matt asks what Tyler is doing here, because as far as he knows, like Tyler shouldn't be at school because he's hiding from Klaus. Caroline approaches and says, hey, are you crazy? Because if Klaus sees you and Tyler says, what is he going to do? Draw you another picture? (laughs) Got him Tyler loves to make fun of people drawing when he also loves to when draw. he is also notably an artist <laughs> he's like well it's hot and sexy when I do it Caroline says this isn't a joke and Tyler says I can pretend to be sired if I need to but I'm not gonna hide while well, he's macking all over you and you will have to pretend to be sired and we'll see what kind of attitude you bring to it Tyler yeah and I <laughs> love the macking all over you he's really committed to being in the 20s Caroline says you do not need to be jealous of Klaus uh, I think he does <laughs> he says, I I am and I do uh, have to be, he says, but I'm also competitive. So hang on, because I'm going to sweep you off your feet. Uh, not to be a huge Tyler hater, but you're only going to sweep her off her feet to compete with Klaus. You couldn't have done it just because you like her. I, I agree with that. And also, um, Tyler, where's a prettier bracelet? I mean, you're already beat out in bracelet gate. Uh, you're and beat out in dress gate. gate so. <laughs> You got to start you're, drawing something. You're beating, you're beating out in drawing gate right now. And that seems to be the only place you could enter. So maybe, maybe get a little creative here. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you something, Tyler. We haven't seen evidence of it yet, but I'm pretty sure Klaus is a better dancer. Oh, I would bet the firm on that. Yeah. I bet all the ponies. <laughs> Even I think Clapton. Go on. I think the only time it would be close uh, is if we got into any music cl- past 2010. But I still think Klaus could like because I think Tyler, it's a lot of fist bumping. So I think Klaus could still beat him, but it depends how uncomfortable he is. Tyler would beat him out in like crumping. I also think Tyler would beat him out in like football. But I feel like other than that, Klaus beats him in most places. Yeah, he does not want to get tackled and he will take it personally if someone does tackle him. Yeah, Uh, and he's going to ruin the whole game for everybody. (laughs) He's going to make it everyone else's problem. (laughs) Um. Anyway, so they dance. They seem to be happy. Whatever. <laughs> it's cute. I still like Caroline and Tyler, but, you know, let's let's move him on out and move Klaus on in. We're, we're at the end of this. It is very funny how quickly we sour on Caroline and Tyler, because I remember when they first got together. I'm like, this is such a perfect couple. I love them together. And then like not a, less than a season later. I'm like, oh, enough. Grow up. I am like boo. Go to Paris with Klaus. <laughs> Stefan and Elena arrive and she's like, oh, my God, teach me some moves. And he says, uh, I was blacked out for most of the 20s. Remember? A little body never killed nobody. And she says, nice try. She's Like that doesn't mean you don't remember the dances. Come on. <laughs> she says, you can figure it out. They dance. The music is upbeat for a second. So they're doing like, you know, upbeat 20s dancing. And then a slow song comes immediately on and they start to slow dance. Stefan says, you know, Bonnie seems happy. And Elena says, yeah, she's working on it. And he says, ah, I've been meaning to apologize. <laughs> it's like, it's like had then, a while. then go do it. Like, she's literally standing there. Elena says, you should, but I wouldn't expect her to forgive you or Damon. Speaking about Damon, um, we should talk about the trip to Denver. And Stefan says, you know, I don't need to know when this is all over when what is all over but whatever he says if we find our way back to each other you can tell me if you want to otherwise i don't need or want to know see now stefan i think you should know because i know he's thinking like well maybe they kissed again like the time they kissed on the porch stefan this was something different entirely yeah and maybe talk to jeremy real quick she says how are you being so fair about this And he says, after everything I've put you through, I'm just honored to be your date tonight. And you know what? This is nice because, again, can't be said enough. He attempted to drive her off the bridge where her parents died. He should allow her to kiss his brother. Yeah, I think that's the absolute least she can do. And he's lucky that he got asked to this dance. Yeah. And he knows a big win for him. Yeah. got to give it to Stefan. He's not he's not taking this for granted. Yeah. He dips her. They dance. They share a look. It's getting pretty romantic. And then Damon appears very suddenly and he says, "Uh, we three need to talk. And he is not dressed up for the dance. So, you know, it's serious. Yeah. (laughs) They go outside and Jeremy tries to follow. But on his way, he bumps into Jamie and Bonnie. And Bonnie says, hey, why are you still wearing your ring? Did Elena like not tell you about Alaric?" And He says, no, I know about it. When my sister stops hanging out with vampires, I'll take it off. Bye. Well, and also like he has not died nearly as many times as Lark, And he has no intention of doing so. Yeah. Jeremy quickly goes and Jamie's like, oh, that's your ex-boyfriend? Awkward. Huh? Shut up. And Jeremy especially is looking oh so sexy at this dance. So Jamie should be scared. He's got a great little vest on. I'll give it. Even as a Jeremy Gilbert noted hater, his outfit's cute. He ate. He's he looking He ate hot. tonight. He did. He's best dressed man at this dance. Easily. It's not close. Glad you admit that. I didn't. I thought you were going to fight me on it. No, I'm not. And best dressed woman at this dance, also not close. It's Bonnie. Yeah, but the look is correct. Yeah. Elena and Caroline both can't quite get their hair right, and their dresses are just so so. Bonnie's got a beautiful dress, beautiful hair, beautiful makeup. She's set. Caroline's very cute, but I I don't like the pin up the pinned up bob look. That's mm-hmm. never been for me. But that's okay. She's been eating the girlies up at every other dance, so it's only fair that Bonnie got one. Yeah, she's got to give someone else a chance. <laughs> Then we go out to the hallway. Elena says, well, if Alaric is sick, we need to find a cure. Mama, it's not measles. Yeah, girl, I don't think the type of cure you're thinking of exists. And Damon's like, I actually have an idea of a cure. It's called death. It's called the sweet release of death it's called euthanasia yeah damon says we tried medicine and magic and stefan says well let's get him off for vain and compel him and damon says compel him to do what pretend to be a lyric <laughs> don't kill people <laughs> like, okay <laughs> okay damon says the guy we know is gone we're talking about someone who hates vampires and vampire sympathizers which makes one of his most obvious targets i don't know elena and that's a great point because Elena's been living in the same house with him and he's killing anyone who sides with vampires. Like, of course, she's in danger. But I also think she's not like the first person he'd go after. I think I the agree. first person he'll go after is one of the originals so he can kill a whole bloodline and they don't know where the stake is. I think now that he knows that, that is a like that's more likely. But I think like Elena's a concern, definitely. Yeah. Isn't she always? Yeah. Elena asks what Damon is suggesting they do. Damon says, I think we should put him out of his misery. Damon's like, am I not being clear enough? I think we should kill him. I think he needs to go to the other side. I think we need to take him back behind the bone. I think we need to of mice and men him. Yeah. I think he needs to go look at the bunny rabbits. Yeah. Someone go bring him to the rabbits. Yeah. if If you catch my drift. And then Jeremy approaches and he's like, hey, no way in hell. And Damon says it's what he would want. It is a mercy killing. And we could discuss it, but I do think it it is clearly what Alaric would want. He doesn't want to kill people. Yeah, he doesn't want to kill people. And if it's impossible to fix him, he and he was given that information and wasn't like, you know, being controlled by someone else. Right now, he would have just killed himself. Yeah, exactly. He would have taken some pills and and gotten on with it. Which is why evil Alaric's not letting good Alaric back in. (laughs) Yeah, because he's like, he's going to do something. He's going to kill us. Yeah. Jeremy says, you're out of your mind. And he storms off. Elena follows him. And then outside, Jeremy's like, it's Alaric. He looked out for us and we have to do the same. And Elena says, look, no one's going to hurt him. And then Esther approaches. And she says, Elena, hey, girly. And it's like, oh, my like, God, you. you shut up. Leave us alone. <laughs> she says, if you want to help Alaric, come with me. And Elena says, Jeremy, go get Stefan and Damon now, please. And he does go to get them. And Esther says, I just want you to know, I mean, you know, him but willingly or not, you will come. And Esther starts walking away and Elena follows. It's unclear if she did like some kind of magic spell to get her to follow. Yeah. She probably did because or else, why would Elena not just wait the two seconds for Stefan and Damon to get out there? Exactly. And why would she not be like, why is there all this salt on the ground? Yeah, (laughs) Sorry, I tripped over all this salt. Yeah, what the fuck? Is this something they did in the 20s? (laughs) I wonder if there are like humans at this dance being like, what's all the salt out here for? Is this a 20s thing? they Googling it and they're like, I can't find any history of it. Esther put up a little sign like, in the 20s is when people started putting salt on the roads to de-ice them. And it's like, that's a weird theme thing to add. I was like, that's a fun fact, but that seems like a lot of waste of salt. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, I'm just here to dance. <laughs> yeah. The boys come outside pretty quickly, but of course, Elena's already gone and they see there's a barrier of salt and they're like, oh, we're trapped. Damn it. And clearly, I'm assuming the spell is bound enough that this wouldn't work. But why not just like blow a little hole in it? Yeah. Just to see. I'm guessing they couldn't, but I think Jeremy could. And I don't know if it, again, I don't know if it would work, but it can't hurt to just like, hey, someone go get a boom and like sweep a hole in it. Yeah. It can't hurt. Or to like try. let enough kids walk out and enough kids are going to kick the salt, you would think. They're not all looking for it. But yeah. We have to accept for the time being that they're trapped at the dance. Yeah. Then we go over to a classroom. Bonnie is hanging out with Jamie. She's like, you've got all kinds of moves. And he says, I'm just trying to make a good impression. It's like, God, shut up. I hate them. I can't stand him. She says, consider me impressed, whatever. It's so annoying to watch them give love interests to Bonnie because it always feels like an afterthought. It's always like a random black dude. The most permanent love interest she had was Jeremy, who is just like, he doesn't really have anyone else. She doesn't have anyone else. let pair him up. Yeah. And then whenever she has like a one or two episode love interest, Or longer, it's just like whatever black guy comes in, he's going to be into Bonnie. And it's like, yeah, like Luca, Jamie. And it's like, you know, Jamie's like technically her brother. Like, I know they're not related and they didn't grow up together and whatever. And also like the carnival guy that Caroline killed Mm -hmm. in season two. He was also black and interested in Bonnie. It's like, guys. And he says, your friends seem cool. (laughs) Do they? (laughs) She's like, yeah, they're the most important thing in the world to me. He says, Yeah, but you do got to admit this whole circle is crazy, like vampires, werewolves, ex-boyfriends with magic rings. I'm just a normal guy. Then get out of here. Go to your normal little home. Yeah. She says, well, a normal guy wouldn't have said yes to a date with me. And he says, that's true. Could you? Bitch. Could you say uh, yes? Any guy would be lucky to date you. It's so easy. So easy. Pull it out of your ass. I don't care. Yeah, she kisses, they make out, whatever. And then Damon again appears. He's appearing everywhere this episode. He turns yeah. on the light and says, sorry to spoil seven minutes in heaven. We got a problem. And you're the only witch I know. He's like, none of you will be kissing tonight because I'm not at this dance with Elena. So I'm not kissing. Says, if Elena's not kissing me, no one's kissing anyone. That's just the deal with striking. That's that's what we're doing tonight. So then we go over to the cemetery where Esther is arriving with Elena. And she says, you'll forgive me for taking you from the dance That's the burden of being the doppelganger, I'm afraid. If I'm Elena, I'd say, no, the fuck I won't. Yeah, I won't forgive you. She says, your blood is a potent binding agent for a spell, so I really got to use it. Elena says, just please don't hurt Alaric. And then Alaric appears and he's like, oh, she's not hurting me. And she's like, oh my God, Rick. And then she like looks at him for a second. She's like, you're evil, Alaric. This is not good. She asks what's going on and what Esther is doing. And Esther says, well, I'm going to remake him. Make him strong, fast, indestructible. Like my children. (laughs) He's saying this, and even before she gets to like my children, I was like, it sounds like you're just going to make another fucking vampire. And isn't that what started this whole thing? Like, what the fuck did you learn? Don't you regret that? Haven't you been like hating that for a thousand years? And now you're going to get on earth and the first thing you're going to do is make another vampire? Isn't that your whole thing that you wish you had never done it? So why are you doing it again? Yeah, and she tries to explain it. She says, for one final time, I'm going to tap into the dark magic I used a thousand years ago. Like my husband, Michael, before him, I'm going to make Alaric into a true hunter, the vampire to end all vampires. And remind me, Esther, how did that go with Michael? Because yeah. from where I'm sitting, he was killed very easily. Yeah, it took two seconds. Yeah, He was not much of a threat to the main group. Yeah, so that was all the power you had that- a random witch who left her daughter could lock him in a crypt and then his own son could kill him in a minute. That's all the power you're doing, and you're giving that to a Yeah, You give me this, this random guy you just met. Elena says you can't create another original. What if he turns out to be a bigger monster than your children? She says he won't. And that's just like, <laughs> no, I figured out how to fix it this time. It's like, Girl, well, you thought you fixed it last time. The explanation she gives is. Now that he's embraced his darkest aspect, his hatred will become more pure and uncompromising, which in his death will be magnified. I'm obsessed with her being like, no, he won't be a monster because he's so hateful that it's going to circle back around the good. Girl, what the fuck? He's going to be so hateful towards vampires that he's not going to want to kill. Girl, he will want to kill vampire sympathizers, too. And you know who's a vampire sympathizer? the witch who created them <laughs> she's the it's number just, one vampire sympathizer just, well what this doesn't make any damn sense <laughs> she, she just is going on vibes because her plan she, you have to remember she had a thousand years she formulated one plan and that was to link her kids and kill her son who wanted to die that plan failed uh, on arrival i mean that didn't get off the ground almost at all yeah and so she doesn't have a plan b so her plan B is like back to the drawing board. Like she had a thousand years. She couldn't come with a plan B. <laughs> but I guess I'll just make another vampire. Her plan B was to do the things she regretted for the whole thousand years. Make it make sense, Esther. I'm not following. And Elena's barely following. I really think Elena should have said, Esther, I really don't get how this makes sense. Like, Esther, I want you to hear really what you're saying to me. You're saying that your biggest regret in life is creating vampires. And what you're going to do to fix it is create a vampire. She's like, no, but I created a weapon to go with this vampire. It's like, oh, so you gave him a weapon too. Great. Like, at least when it was your kids, maybe you didn't know they'd want blood. Obviously that was dumb that she thought that, but maybe she thought that. Now she knows they want blood and here's a, like a fucking magical stake that never burns. Yeah. Really, girl? And so she's like, oh, you know, his hate will be magnified. So it's going to work out great. And Elena says, you don't know that. You don't know anything about him. And Esther says, well, that's where you're wrong. Because each time he died with his ring on his brief journey to death, I was there on the other side. I spoke to him. I nurtured him, knowing that every death brought him closer to his true self. Vampires took everything from him. Now he's getting his vengeance. No, no, now he's getting your vengeance. (laughs) Yeah. So now we know that every time Alaric died, He was briefly on the other side. And we'll remember each time he died, he was on the other side for a little bit longer. And each time he did that, Esther was like, aren't vampires the fucking worst, dude? You got to kill them, man. I saw what Isabel did, bitch. Isabel really teed that up for Yeah. Isabel is on the other side, like my impact. She's like, I'm still there, bitch. She said, these bitches can't keep my name out of their mouths. (laughs) (laughs) and I'm still the star. So let me go back over to the dance. Caroline and Tyler are slow dancing. Tyler looks up and you can see fear enter his eyes. Um, And it's because Klaus is approaching in not his best look. What a letdown this was. Cause I was like, oh my God, Klaus is here. Let's see what he's wearing. I was like, Tyler looks good. Jeremy looks better. Let's see Klaus. And I was like, oh. He's wearing like, it looks like canvasy. It's white. And we know he has a tuxedo. I think he's probably trying to be casual. He doesn't want to look too excited. (laughs) I get he's doing a different color but I wanted to see him in something a little more standard. Yeah, but that's okay. We move on. We adjust. I, nevertheless, she persisted. Exactly. Klaus says, hey, where you been, mate? And Tyler says, um, well, I just got back to town. And Klaus says, that's funny. I don't recall giving you permission to leave. <laughs> yeah, he's like, why did you go? And then he says, well, well n- nonetheless, uh, you don't mind if I cut in, do you? And Caroline says, actually, we do. And Klaus nods to Tyler because he's like, mm, that's my Sire bomb baby. Yeah, he's like, hey, hey, child, move. And Tyler, you were talking a big game about pretending to be sired. So then he says, uh, no, it's fine. And he is mad. He is not happy leaving. He is stewing. And Caroline says, hey, why do you always have to prove you're the alpha male? And he says, mm, I don't have to prove anything. I am the alpha male. He's like, because I am. Because it's right there. But then he. Turns on the charm and he says, Come on, one dance. I won't bite. Tyler has like steam coming out of his ears, but Caroline does go to dance with him and Klaus smiles. Klaus is like, yay. Uh, he spins her, they slow dance. And he says, you know, you would have loved the 1920s. Girls were sexy, reckless, fun. They used to literally dance until they dropped. Hee <laughs> hee. And he dips her. And she says, I don't suppose that ever happened to their dance partners. And he says, you know, you should be nicer to me. I'm leaving town tomorrow. <laughs> said I'm moving away you have anything you want to say yeah he's like I'm leaving if you want to tell me that you kind of like me like now would be the time like, this is your last opportunity to tell me if you have a crush on me like I know you're playing hard to get and it's fine like I know we have this cute little flirty thing going on but if I leave like I, don't you want me to know and he says you know I'd invite you to come with me but we both know you're not ready to accept that offer king and she's she hears that she's like Ooh, that's sexy She's like, yeah, I'm not ready, but you do know that perhaps I may be someday. And he says, you know, perhaps one day in a year or even a century, you'll turn up at my door and let me show you what the world has to offer. Despite herself, she's like on the hook about this. She's into it. The way I would leave right then. I don't need a year or a century. I'd be like, let's go. Get me out of here. Uh, She kind of scoffs to snap herself out of it. And they stop dancing. And he says, you mark my words. Small town boy, small town life it won't be enough for you. T, he's right. And then he leaves. (laughs) I know he really leaves it with something to think about. And he's right. And she knows that because she is coming to terms, I think, through this whole season of like, it's not necessarily just a curse that she's a vampire. There are all these extra possibilities and there's all these things she can see and do in all this time. Yeah. And what does immortality really offer her? And I mean, this is the life that she has right now. It's the life she's had her whole life in Mystic Falls, but is there more for her somewhere? And Klaus is the first person to show her that there probably is, because right now her life is centered around like Elena and Mystic Falls and founding families and the Salvatores. Yeah, she's always been like second fiddle to Elena and now she doesn't have to be. And so, yeah, it's gonna, she's gonna get sick of it. It's not fun to be immortal and live in the same town forever. It's weird that Damon and Stefan wanna do it. Yeah, he leaves and he goes outside to call Rebecca. He says, hey, Rebecca, where the fuck are you? Call me back ASAP. I only came to this ridiculous dance because you begged me to. Now you're nowhere to be found. And he hangs up and he looks down and he notices the salt border. And he says, now what the fuck is this? He's like, well, I'm going to fucking die. I fucking hate this. And Stefan comes up behind him and he says, hey, BTW, your mom's back. And Klaus is like, ugh. Then we go over to a classroom. Bonnie is doing a spell while Jeremy, Stefan, Damon, Klaus, and Jamie watch Jamie's like clearly like, oh, what the fuck is this? And Klaus says, what is taking so long? All boundary spells have a loophole. And Matt comes in. He's like, you guys aren't going to believe this. People are walking out of the dance right past the barrier. Yeah, of course you didn't find humans in you dumb fuck. Yeah. We all saw Elena leave. What would she care about Chad and Dana? Yeah, I know Chad and Dana are dead now. They're haunting. Yeah. Jeremy says, oh, well, if Matt and I can leave, we can stop Esther ourselves if we can find out where she is. Stefan calls that suicide as it would be. It's it's not safe for the two of them to go unless that is their only option. Klaus grabs Jamie's neck and says suicide would be disappointing me. Now work your magic, witch, before I start killing people you fancy. Bonnie says, can you let him go? (laughs) Bonnie's like, I'm done being tortured by you all. Can we stop with this? Can you torture someone else? Klaus says, not till you get us out of here. And Stefan says, don't be stupid, Klaus. Bonnie doesn't give a damn about us. The only reason she's helping is to save Caroline and Tyler. If you start killing people she cares about, she'll tell us all to go to hell. Which is true. She's only helping because there's people who she cares about implicated. If it's just you guys, she'll wait till Esther lets everyone else go. She knows Esther's not going to kill her. Yeah. So Klaus does let Jamie go. Then we go over to the cemetery. Esther's lighting some candles, prepping for the spell. And Elena tells Rick, like, this isn't what you want. This isn't who you are. And he says, you don't know who I am, Elena. You only know the weakest parts of me. A man who lost his way, befriending vampires instead of killing them. And Elena says, okay, well, you don't mean that. Malaric says, they're all monsters. The blood of their victims is on my hands. Jenna's blood is on my hands. They really be throwing Jenna in Elena's face tonight. I know. Keep Jenna's name out your mouth. I mean, and yeah, there's some blood on your hands, Alec, But like, who cares? There's some blood on everybody's hands at this point. Yeah, exactly. Esther approaches and says to Rick, whenever you're ready. Or maybe she says it to Elena. I don't know. Elena says, please don't do this. But they don't show any signs of stopping. So she says, you know what? I won't help you. I'm not going to give you my blood. You're going to have to kill me. And Esther's like, oh, that's not going to be necessary. Yeah. So Esther's like, I don't know why you think you can just withhold blood. Yeah. Now that you come all the way here, I don't know why you think I'm not going to have your blood. Yeah. Esther does a little spell. It makes Elena's heart beat, presumably to pump some blood. And then it makes a little cut in her hand that they then squeeze into the chalice. Rude. Yeah. And Elena's like, um, no, I don't want to do this. Elena's like, excuse me. I said, I don't want to help you. I said, no, thank you. And then Esther says, drink and let it be done. And Elena says, please don't. And then Alaric does drink. He drinks all the blood. Yeah, really knocks it back. And he says, okay, is it finished? And she says, not just yet. And then she stabs him. Mm -hmm. Because gotta die. Then we go back over to the classroom. Bonnie takes a map off the wall, puts it on a desk. Damon brings some of Jeremy's blood, which is Gilbert blood to be used for the locator spell to find Elena and hence Esther. Good thing Jeremy's back. (laughs) I know. Klaus is in tow. And Bonnie says, oh, so are you two gonna like lurk over me? And Damon says, I get it. You're still mad at me for what happened to Abby. Let me apologize. I'm sorry, Elijah forced us to turn your mom into a vampire to save Elena's life. I didn't have a choice. Say we love Damon. At least he's not fake about it. Yeah. He says, yes, I did that. And I would do it again. He's like, yeah, we had to to save Elena. And Really, you should be blaming Elijah for forcing that on us. And she says, there's always a choice. But whenever you make one, someone else suffers. And I know she's mad. And really, she's projecting because she's really more mad about Abby than anything else. And there is always a choice. But in this case, that was the best choice they had. The choice was turn Abby into a vampire or let Elena die. And like the best choice for the moment is not always like a winner all around. But sometimes it's just the best one you have available. They both get to be alive still. Win-win. It's not his fault that she left after staying alive. Yeah. She might not have stayed even if she didn't turn into a vampire. So let's. Yeah. She probably would have left regardless. And Klaus says, hey, can we cut the dramatics and just start? Cut kettle, Klaus. (laughs) Cut the dramatics. He's like, man, is this what it's like watching me be a drama queen? This is not fun. What a waste of time. (laughs) He's like, can we just get to the fucking point of the night? Yeah. It's like, I just want to go on my little trip tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going. I'm leaving tomorrow. Anyone want to say anything before I leave? Maybe you guys find that you actually like me more than you expected. Maybe you guys see that, like, I actually am not the villain. If anything, I've given you someone to hate, as he said so eloquently a couple episodes ago. Mm -hmm. Bonnie pours Jeremy's blood on the map. She starts the spell and the blood moves a little bit, but not much. And Bonnie's like, oh, Esther is fighting me. And Klaus says Esther could not possibly have this much power. She must be channeling something. And Bonnie says, oh, a hotspot. And Klaus says, get the humans ready. I know where she is. Yeah, he's like, "Okay, I I figured that one out. Let's go. He said, "Okay, so where I brutally murdered her. Got it. Stefan goes to the gym where he finds Caroline and Tyler. He says they're at the cemetery. Jeremy and Matt are headed there now. And Caroline says, you let them go. They're going to get themselves killed. And it should be noted that at this point, Stefan and Caroline are on the floor of the gym and Tyler's in the bleachers for some reason. He's at like the top of the bleachers, like having a little like pissy moment. Yeah. Like he's throwing a little tantrum by sitting up there. And it's like, Tyler, get over it, buddy. Yeah. Stefan says they didn't have a choice. They have to go to the cemetery. We're useless, stuck in here. And Caroline says, Elena's going to be fine. She always finds her way out of this stuff. And Stefan is like, well, I'm just equally worried what Esther is up to. She led Klaus here for a reason. And like, if she succeeds and Tyler finishes the thought, he says, oh, then Klaus could get killed and I die along with him. And Tyler kind of says this, like it's a gotcha to Stefan. Like, I know that you guys don't care if I die. And Stefan's like, that is not embarrassing to me. I don't care if you die. Stefan's like, you got to remind me of your name. Yeah, who is? Oh, Caroline, do you know that guy? You'd be like, hey, sorry, this is a private conversation. (laughs) This is an A&B conversation. See your way out. Stefan says, no one's going to die. Okay, famous last words. Yeah. Way to jinx it. (laughs) Yeah. He said, Bonnie's looking for a way around the boundary spell. It's not too late. And he leaves. And so Caroline tries to spin some positivity into this interaction. She says, "Okay, best case scenario, Bonnie gets us out of here. Klaus Hall's ass to Timbuktu, and you and I are home free. And Tyler says, or we let Esther come and kill him. And Caroline says, well, that's not a best case scenario. It's not even a remotely acceptable one. And Tyler says, well, it would be an option if we knew he didn't turn your bloodline. You'd be safe. He'd be gone. And Caroline says, how could you say that? And Tyler says, because I'm angry and I hate him and I shouldn't have let him dance with you. She says, well, you couldn't do anything. He can't know you're not sired. it doesn't matter how many times I dance with him. I love you. And Tyler says, wait, you dance with him before? I was like, what do you mean, how many times (laughs) she says? Yeah, but just at the ball. And he says, like, there's a ball. And he says, you don't own a ball gown. And she says, well, Klaus bought me a dress and a pretty nice diamond bracelet. And he says, what? He says, did you at least wear my charm bracelet there? She said, no, it didn't go with the dress. No, (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. They kiss. I mean, Tyler is right to be worried. Yeah, he should be. (laughs) He sees the writing on the wall. It's the smartest he's ever been at the cemetery. Elena pulls the knife out of Rick's dead body, and Esther says he's going to wake up soon, and when he does, he may, for a brief time, be his old self, and you can say your goodbyes before his transition is complete. And Elena says, okay, I can't help but bring up a huge lack in your logic. You said you wanted to undo the evil you created, but this is just as evil. Yeah, yet here we are. And Esther says, "Mm, I don't really see it like that. Uh, Alaric will never be what my children became. I granted him enough power to complete his task. And when the time is right, he will die. And Elena says, how if he's immortal? And we never get the answer to this. Yeah, at least not in this episode. So that's just something to think about. Esther says, all you have to know is when this is over, we'll rid the earth of vampires once and for all. Yeah, I doubt that, girly. Yeah, dare to dream. It's good to want things. (laughs) Elena says, but you'll be killing the good with the bad. So you're no better than Klaus. And she says, am I not? <laughs> She's like, um, it, it, what? That doesn't make any sense to me. She says, no, I'm operating under the assumption that I am better than Klaus. You can't bring my world down like that. No, they're, they're all bad. There's no gray area, but except there is gray area for me when I want to create another vampire if I need to. Yeah, that I get. I'm allowed to do that. That is allowed. But that's because it's me. And I'm really powerful. When my kids do it, it's like, ew. Yeah. She says, you know, I desire a world where your loved ones won't suffer at the hands of vampires like your aunt Jenna did. And Elena says, don't bring Jenna into this. She's like, can you leave that alone? Like there were plenty of other things that went wrong with my family too. Yeah. First of all, you don't even know Jenna. Esther says, BTW, you may draw comfort knowing your aunt is not in the place where I was. She does not know the torment of the other side. Even though she died as a vampire, she remained pure and she knows peace, which is all any of us can hope for. So let's discuss the concept of peace because we will be hearing about it more. And we vaguely heard about it back when we saw Anna and Pearl. Yeah, this is a confirmation. It was just a theory that Anna had that peace is something someone can find that basically supernatural creatures go to the other side. And then if they're lucky, they find peace, and we can make some assumption that it has something to do with their life lived on earth, etc. And that peace yeah. is kind of like the equivalent of heaven if the other side is like purgatory. Which to which I'd say, Esther, don't you want to get there? Maybe let some shit go. I think she probably thinks that if she kills all the vampires, she'll find peace. Because she's like, that's what everyone will want me to do. Of course, you'll have killed a lot of people so that death will be on your hands. So we don't know if that's actually true, Miss Esther. But so this gives two options for where supernatural people go when they die. So that also explains why we did not see the ghost of Jenna. Yeah, well, I think this is an interesting question of how you get to that peaceful place. Because we have to assume that if it's just about like how you die and being scared of death, then why would Rose have been on the other side last episode? wouldn't she have found peace already yeah so it has to be more than just like simple how you lived your life how you died things like that exactly there's there's more to it Mm -hmm. a twig snaps so esther goes outside the mausoleum and she finds matt and jeremy matt's got his old trusty gun jeremy has his crossbow and they say where's elena Elena comes outside and says jeremy jeremy says let her go and esther says how foolish of you to risk your lives in defense of those that will kill you but if that's your choice well now they should have just shot her as soon as she came out yeah as soon as she started talking why are you letting her have a speech yeah elena move out of the way let them shoot her right quick she does a little spell and she gets them to point their weapons at each other and they can't control them so jeremy's like oh matt drop your gun and he's like i can't Yeah, it's pretty goofy. They look kind of like little toy soldiers pointing at each other. And Elena says, don't, don't, please don't. But then before Esther can make them pull the triggers, Rick sneaks up behind her and kills her. So we can assume it's good Rick back from the dead in transition. And he says, hey, where's my ring? Can someone just like tell me what happened? Catch me up. But Boy, that is melted. I have good news and bad news. Actually, it's mostly bad news. (laughs) Actually, I don't have any good news. We go back over to the school. Klaus tells Stefan, you know, this is your fault for releasing my mother. I wonder if revenge will prove worth the cost. And Stefan's like, well, to be fair, I didn't know she was in the coffin when I opened it. Yeah, Stefan says, I'll take ownership for the fact that I did release her. But, But then Stefan also says, I'm done with revenge. And by the way, we've stopped Esther before, so we will again. Klaus says... You and me are strange bedfellows. You know, all this reminds me of the 20s. A little
0: party never killed nobody.
1: It's because it's a 1920s themed dance. Well, and of course, it reminds you of the 20s because that's when you had your perfect friendship with Stefan that you won't let go. Yeah. And Stefan says, You say that like I'm supposed to have happy memories. And Klaus says, You know, there were moments of real friendship and brotherhood. Did you hear that I'm leaving town tomorrow? (laughs) He's like, Do you want to be my friend or no? And Stefan says, No. And he's like, and don't say no. Damon approaches and says, "Well, he already has a brother. Not to be territorial." And Klaus says, "Oh, of course. The Salvatore's and their unshakable bond. You know, I wonder what will happen when Elena makes her choice. Will we see you shake then?" And I think the both the salvators are like, mm, "We're both pretending that that choice is just going to go away. We haven't really thought about it <laughs> after that. We haven't addressed it yet." Bonnie comes out and says, "It's done. Esther's not fighting anymore. The boundary spell is broken." Klaus checks it and then pretty quickly runs away. Stefan thanks Bonnie for everything. And she says, I didn't do it for you. She's like, I really hated tonight as I hate most nights with the two of you. So I'm going to go home. This sucked. Yeah. horrible dance. It was a better dance when I fake died. We go back over to the cemetery. Jeremy tells Rick and Elena that Damon is here and Klaus took Esther's body. And Rick asks if Klaus knows about the stake. Jeremy says, no, only that she tried to turn you into a weapon and failed. But Jeremy senses there's a little bit of down energy here. And he says, what's going on? And Rick says, listen, Jeremy, um, I'm not going to complete the transition. And I was like, that's not right. (laughs) I was like, no. (laughs) He says, my dark side was dangerous enough as a human. I can't be a vampire. And I mean, this is actually a really smart move by Rick. Of course he's not going to do this because he knows that if he completes the transition, he's going to kill all the original. He could barely contain his dark side as a human. Of course, he's going to have a harder time as a vampire if it goes as as Esther planned it. Yeah. And Jeremy says, So we're just going to lock you in here and let you die. We can't do that. And Alaric says, it's the right thing to do. After everything I've done, maybe I had it coming. Jeremy starts to storm off, but Elena tells him to wait and he does. And Elena says. It's not Alaric's fault. Rick says, you know, like, let's not make it harder than it is. You two should go. Damon is here. He'll make sure it goes down the right way. And I was like, Damon will make sure he gets blood. That's what he means. Jeremy starts to leave. But Alaric says, hey, Jeremy. And Jeremy just says, like, don't give me some crap speech about being the man of the house. And Rick says, "Okay, I won't. They hug. Jeremy leaves. Alaric turns to Elena and she says, this is all my fault. You moved out and gave me the ring back. You didn't want any part of this. And I forced you to stay and take care of us. Now she's fishing a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> he, he made this call very much along with you. He does comfort her. He says, look, don't do that. Taking care of you two has been the closest I've ever come to the life I always wanted. Which is very sweet. It was very sweet. I was putting off any tears because I was like, no, if I cry, it's real. Yeah. They hug, they cry. And Rick says, you should go. She does. They go outside the mausoleum and everyone is there. They've lit candles. They're all just like staring at him, crying, smiling. He starts to tear up because he feels, you know, so loved. He's got a family. He's been a father figure to all these people. He feels like he's, you know, made meaning out of his life. And he goes into the mausoleum and closes the door. And it looks at that point like this is where he's going to die. See, and we leave and I'm like, okay, well, if we don't come back to that mausoleum, he's not dead. Because if we don't see him die, then he's not dead. I was like, I'm not falling for this one. Mm-hmm. You can't get me here, Julie Black. Yeah, no, ma'am. I was born at night, but not last night. <laughs> then we go over to the Michelson house. Klaus finds Rebecca in the coffin. Of course, the dance is already over. So too little too late. He pulls out the dagger and then he goes up to Esther's dead body. And he says, you know, I've got words for you. Yeah, He's like, I've got something to say. He says your trap failed, mom. I lived and I will go on living. Let your beloved spirits try to preserve you again. I dare you to come after me. I will build an army so big. No one will ever touch me. My survival will haunt you through eternity. You will never destroy me. She's just laying there dead. And, and she don't she doesn't say anything because she can't. Um, <laughs> this would be time to burn her up. Maybe make it a little harder for her body to be preserved if it's me. If spirits are on her side and her spells are working as she intends them to, fire might not work, but it can't hurt to try. It certainly can't hurt. Or drop her body in the bottom of the ocean because then spirits can preserve her body all they want. But if she wants to wake up later, she will drown before she swims to the top. That's a good point. I was going to say a uh, wood chipper, fire, ocean combo platter. Yeah, set her on fire. Put the burning body into the wood chipper that shoots her into the ocean. So cut the body in like fourths and do that. But each time it's in a different ocean. Smart. Cover your bases. Not to get too graphic there, but I really think that's that's fair. You can't be too careful. That's what I would personally do if Esther were my mother. Yeah. Because the bitch won't stay down. They can't keep a bad bitch down. And it doesn't really matter what you do with her body because she'll still do her spells from the other side, whatever. Because God forbid she just stay out of it. God forbid she mind her business. But at least she won't like be there physically. So we go over to the Bennett house. We have to deal with another Bonnie and Jamie scene. Sorry, none of us want it. Bonnie says, thanks for the ride home. Jamie says, you know, there's nothing you could have done, right? And she says, first of all, what the fuck do you know? Yeah, she's like, how would you know? Second of all, she says, yeah, I do know that. She's like, Jamie, do you understand even what happened tonight? Did you follow any of that? And he says, honestly, no. So it just felt like the right thing to say. I think that one werewolf, Matt, and she's like, he is not a werewolf. He is just a human. He said, okay, then I understand. Then I like, then definitely it. no. Then absolutely none. She says, I know there's nothing I could have done, but that doesn't make it any easier. And Jamie says, you know, I should have said this before, but thank you for protecting me. She says, apparently it's what I do. And he says, you know, you really are pretty amazing. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, duh. She says, sometimes I think I'd settle for just ordinary. And then he says, hey, uh, your dad's out of town, right? And at first he's like, can you not be horny? <laughs> but and then he said, you're going to be okay by yourself? And she says, actually, no. She's like, definitely not. They hug. Uh, we briefly go over to the grill with Matt and Jeremy. Matt gets behind the burr, He pours him and Jeremy's shots. I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah. And Matt says to Mr. Saltzman, Jeremy says a and Jeremy has his jacket off, so he's just got his suspenders. And I know it's not the right time, but he's looking sexy. Yeah, and he's got, they take their shots, and Jeremy has like a single tear. He's very sad. Yeah. Poor fucking Jeremy. I mean, he's like, Y'all should have just left me in Denver if this is what I was gonna come back for. I was having fun in Denver. I know my one friend was fake. He's like, I wish my dog was here. You <laughs> know, he's like, can we go back for my dog? He's like, it was a, it was an emotional support dog. He's like, he, my dog sitter told me he's bringing him back to the shelter. He's like, and now my dog's left alone. So now my dog's probably dead too. Yeah. Then we go over to uh, Rick's classroom. Elena is like frantically packing up all of Rick's weapons that he keeps in his classroom. And Stefan says, we can handle this later. And Elena says, no, I'd rather just get it over with now before some janitor comes to clean the lurk stuff and realizes he was a vampire slayer. And Stefan says, Elena, please, like, we just got to stop for a second. And she says, no, I can't think about the fact that Jeremy and I don't have anyone to take care of us or that we've lost another friend. I cannot think about any of it right now. Yeah, she's like, I just got to do this really quick before this all sets in. I got to move. And Stefan says, I want you to come with me. She says, I'm not done. He says, please. She takes his hand and goes with him. They go to the gym. Stefan says, we were in this gym the night Klaus compelled me to turn my feelings off. And she's like, oh, thanks for reminding me of such a lovely memory on this sad night. She says, thanks for reminding me of a a happy, happy memory and also talking about yourself when I'm dealing with grieving my father figure. Yeah. But he does have a point and he'll get to it. Uh, He says, (laughs) I thought I hit rock bottom in the 20s, but after I bit you, I never wanted to feel anything again. But someone kept telling me it was okay to feel, no matter how much it hurt, that emotions are what make us human good or bad and to never lose hope. And she says, "Who gave you that horrible advice?" Elena's like, "Well, that sounds dumb right now. I'll be honest, I think I was wrong." And he says, ah, some girl I used to date told me that." They chuckle and it's cute. It's I'm cute. Be- I mean, <laughs> I have to say, you see you see the pluses of Stelena here. You get it. And Elena then goes back into crying and she says i don't have anyone anymore and stefan says you have me they hug she cries it's cute and this is a time when the safety side of stefan is going to be what she's looking for right about now yeah when she feels like everyone's dying she's like time to go back to this safe easy place someone who i know will not die yeah then we go over to the cemetery damon has the stake in his hand he's like twirling it Meredith approaches and says, so I gave him a sedative. He'll fall asleep and he'll go comfortably. Damon says, well, I offered to snap his neck and take him out of his misery, but he didn't take me up on it. Guess you should have, King. Yeah. Let this be the lesson. Although I would probably want to go to sleep too. He's already had his neck snapped a number of times. Yeah, he's already gotten that sensation. Meredith says, you seem surprised that he didn't want his neck snapped. And Damon says, you think a guy so used to dying wouldn't want to drag it out. And he drinks. And Meredith is trying to be positive. She's like, well, it was really nice of you to give him the option. And Damon says, yeah, well, my choices have been a little controversial lately. And I really thought he was about to cut a little hole in Meredith and bring her into that mausoleum. I was like, he's ready for a more controversial choice right now. But he didn't. Uh, Instead, Meredith says, you know, you shouldn't leave him alone in there. And Damon says, that's what he wants. And Meredith says, do you really think that's what he wants? And then leaves him it's like i don't know about that i think he just was saying that she says men but damon does go in and he sits next to rick and rick says is this the part where you give me a dream rainbows and rolling green hills damon says i was drunk when i told you that (laughs) friendship (laughs) and rick laughs and says yeah i told you i'd use it against you they giggle just two boys giggling (laughs) damon opens a bottle of whiskey because he always has one on his person And he says, sorry, I killed you twice. And they laugh again. Rick says, so I have to actually die to get a real apology out of you. (laughs) He he he. And it's like, yep. (laughs) Damon offers Rick a drink of whiskey. And he says, actually, I've been thinking about cutting back. That's a good joke. That's the funniest joke so far. Damon says, yeah, this stuff will kill you. Obviously, Rick does take a drink. Because why not? He's obviously getting weak. There's like a tear coming out. He's like almost asleep. Yeah. Then over at the Bennett house. Bonnie and Jamie are asleep. They're cuddling, but they're fully clothed on top of the covers. Yeah, in their full 20s outfits. Can't be the most comfortable cuddling position. It's a lot of beads. Yeah, a lot of beads to sleep in. (laughs) Uh, She hears whispering and she wakes up. And who's there but Esther? And every time Esther comes on screen, I'm like, ugh. Not you. Stay dead. At least Michael had the good sense to stay dead. Damn. Yeah, literally, at least Michael, when he was dead, never came back. (laughs) So far, Esther says, your sisters need you to finish what I started, Bonnie. But that was a dream. And then Jamie wakes Bonnie up and says, hey, I think you're having a bad dream. And she lays back down. Yeah, She's like, yeah, time to just go to sleep. Nothing weird. Nothing else weird is going to happen tonight. Uh, Then we go back to the mausoleum. Damon is still with Rick. He's getting weaker. He's breathing heavily. And then he looks like his head drops. It looks like he like falls asleep or dies. It looks pretty death. Yeah, it looks pretty close to death. And so I was like, fuck, was that it? You're like, Alaric's really going to die in this episode. I was like, when does the blood that Damon put in this bourbon kick in? I was like, maybe there's no blood in there. Maybe Alaric's really going to die. I was getting concerned. Because Alaric is one of those people who like, he kind of seems like he's off limits. Yeah, he kind of seems like he's safe. Also because like, we've seen him die many times. So it's kind of like, well, he won't die though. Yeah. But it looks pretty bad for him at this moment. But it's not looking particularly good. Damon finishes the bottle of bourbon and leaves the empty bottle there. In the woods, he's walking back home. And Damon sees Bonnie again in her full 1920s outfit. And he says, what are you doing here? And she doesn't answer. And he says, oh, you sleepwalking? And then she gives him an aneurysm. And he's like, oh, fuck. And he's like, well, that's weird. And I was like, OK, Bonnie's going to bring him back to life. Great. <laughs> yeah. Then she gets the stake, we have to assume, from Damon, who had the stake earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, she walks into the mausoleum, cuts her hand, and she feeds a blood from her hand. He drinks it. He's not fully dead yet, so he does drink the blood. And then he bites her neck. He's got blood all over him. We can see his teeth appear. We can see his veins appear. He stands up and grabs the steak from Bonnie's hand. And his transition is completed. And that's where we end the episode, baby. And he throws Bonnie right to the ground. He's like, I'm done with you. Yeah. So first of all, you think Bonnie's OK? You think she's alive? She's OK. He didn't bite her for very long. Which may be a, f- a factor of like the self-hatred of vampires. He was like, I don't want that. He's like, I just need enough to turn. Yeah. So now Alaric is officially a vampire. We don't know how much of it's going to be evil Alaric, regular Alaric. How do our heroes get out of this one? And do you think Alaric makes it out of this season alive? I do think he makes it out of this season alive. I'm holding on to that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's an insane thing to say. Because I don't think I have enough evidence to say it, but I have a feeling. Are you manifesting? Yeah. So there are a couple of questions. One, do these herbs that he's been taking, like, do those become moot now that he's a vampire? Like, are those still herbs he can take? That's a question we have to think about. But there is also this push of like, when you're a vampire, your like specific parts of your personality get magnified. And we're meant to believe that Esther did some kind of something that made it so it would magnify the bad parts. But that doesn't mean it's impossible that the good parts get magnified instead. Well, and you have to remember that with Esther dead, any spell that she did that needed her power to continue might not be as strong or as active as it once was. We don't know how her death affects any spells she's cast. Because it certainly weakened the barrier spell. That's true. I don't think it's necessarily 100% that alert is going to only be evil alert forever. And I think it also depends how quickly people figure out that he has completed the transition and who he goes to. Because I think someone like Stefan or Caroline in his transition can push him in that right direction. If he's around like only originals, that could shift. Even though like originals obviously are the ones who should be in danger. But I think Rebecca being awake, she'll be able to be like, yeah, mom took over my body. I think they can all get to a point where there's like, she has some other plan afoot. mm mm-hmm. And I do think I'll touch on this briefly because you kind of brought it up when Esther mentioned, you know, once it's done, all the vampires will be gone, which I think implies that whatever she's pushing for is for a lurk to kill all the originals and then essentially kill himself. Mm-hmm. Or like maybe there's some linkage that will fall apart when that happens. Again, that's assuming all the originals are going to die, which I don't really see any of them dying gotcha. at this point. I think Esther had a plan that included all of them dying and then Alluric dying, all hinging on the fact that evil Alluric takes full, you know, territory. Overcomes, yeah. Which I think, given how much she preps most of her plans and the faulty evidence that she's built many plans on, I don't think we should trust her logic on that all the way. I think that's a good point. She's not known for uh, predicting everything super accurately. Do you think Esther is dead for good this time? Or do you think she might revisit us once more? I mean, I think she could at least be in dreams. And clearly she has access to Bonnie as a witch. Sisterhood. So I think that's a line that has to be severed as well. I don't know. Maybe there's some way they can talk to Esther while she's on the other side and be like, girl, get past this. Go to the peace. Here's my other question. We're reaching the end of the season right now. hmm And the end of the season is a time for a lot to happen. Obviously, the Vampire Diaries, they'll kill anyone at any time. But the end of the season, chances of characters being killed grows exponentially. So do you think there's anyone who will not make it out of this season alive, knowing what we know right now? And if so, who? That's a great question. I do think Meredith is on the chopping block. I don't really know for sure how she's going to get out of it, but I think she is in a dangerous position. I think Abby, as I've said before, is also in a dangerous position if she comes back. I do think as every time a season finale comes around, I get nervous for Jeremy. Um, he's had a couple near misses before, so it's only a matter of time. And he's been gone for the past couple episodes. So I think he's in a dangerous position because he is a human at the end of the day, although he does have his ring. But Aluric's ring is out of the out of the way now. There's now only one Gilbert ring, and that ring is irrelevant for Aluric at this point. But I think Jeremy's in danger I would say Tyler, but I think Tyler's probably fine. I think he's more in emotional danger because I think he's going to get dumped uh, (laughs) relatively soon. Uh, Those are the main ones I can think of. Sure. There's a standing sense of danger for the founding families right now with Alaric out and as a vampire, but I also think his pressure will be more on originals than anything else right now. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we'll see if those predictions are correct or not. I hope Jeremy's wrong. I'll say that. Well, of course you do. But I get worried every time, every end of season. You're so worried about Jeremy. You should have been worried about Jenna. Maybe then she wouldn't have died. I should have been worried about Jenna. Yeah, I (laughs) should. I could have saved her. I was too busy worrying about Jeremy, but I saved him on the plus side. Jenna's at peace. Yeah, honestly, she's probably having a better time at peace than these people are having on Earth. Right. now. Yeah, She's up in little peace land and she's like, I'm glad I don't to see what they're going through. I bet it only got worse. She said, I bet that was just the beginning. She's like this is nice. She's like, "Hey Miranda, you want to come get lunch?" Assuming that Ma- Miranda has found peace. Yeah, whether there's a separate peace for humans and supernatural creatures. But that brings us to the end of this episode. We've only got 2 episodes left of the season. A lot of excitement coming down the pike. Stakes are high. I hope we end with a a permanent death of Miss Esther if at all possible. Dare to Let's do it. Let's get that bitch out of here. As always, if you're enjoying The Vampire Diaries or Doppelgangers, please feel free to tell your friends and leave us five stars during a review on Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that is it for this week. So until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.